Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Top Podcast. I'm your host, Rob. Along with me are my friends, Mike hey. and Luke. What's up? Mike, why don't you tell them what this podcast is all about? Yes. Yeah, so um, me and my uncles have this tradition when we're up north sitting around the bonfire where somebody will throw out a, uh, a topic and everybody has to give their top five of whatever that is. So whether it be movies, songs, um, guitar solos, you name it, um, it's just something we love to do. And we were discussing things uh, we'd like to make a podcast about. I threw the idea out, and we figured, hey, let's give it a shot. So that's what we're going to do. And usually we'll have a top five list, and we'll all stick to the same topic. But since this is the first episode, we want to do something special. So we each chose a list for top threes, and then we each made a list for that topic, if that makes any sense. But first, since I'm the host, I'm going to ask a little icebreaker question. Feel free to message us in the comments if you guys are watching this on YouTube or whatever our socials are. Link will be in the podcast description. But if you guys were a biome or environment, what would you be? And since I thought of the question and had more time to think about it, I'll answer first. I think I'd be a mountain because, you know, I'm a little rough on the edges, uh, a lot intimidating to a lot of people. But, you know, once you get to know me and you kind of put in the work, then I really can be a nice guy and re- you can really uh, enjoy everything I have to offer. That's pretty spot on. Um, I would have to say that I am a desert because I'm extremely dry and um, I can't grow a thicker beard than the prickles on a cactus. And um, <laughs> I, I run pretty cold at night. Uh, you know, this is a weird question. I, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say the ghetto. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Is, I'm going to say a, the ghetto. I grew up that, in the ghetto. Is that an environment? Is that a biome? Is that a biome? I don't know. I grew up... It's definitely uh, an environment. Yes. That's true. Yeah, I went to Detroit public school system. So we didn't learn about biomes. Uh, oh, so that's not damage per second? Sorry uh, it's not damage per second. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say the ghetto. I think uh, I'm also maybe a little rough on the edges, but I think when you actually get in the community, uh, there's a lot of good things there. A lot of good, loving people, and I think I'm, I'm a pretty loving person. Yeah, so welcome to the, the Three Dicks podcast, where if you stick around long <laughs> enough, maybe you'll tolerate us. Mike, why don't you take us away with the first list there? Yeah, so um, for me, I decided to pick something uh, that would just kind of that was near and dear to my heart something that would show everybody uh what i what i love and so that is uh horror movies um and just some some clarifications if the point of the movie is to be scary it's fair game right so um if it's a thriller go for it um paranormal if it's alien it's not on my list it's just honorable mention but definitely counts um anything where it's you know it doesn't have to just be a slasher or a gore fest like Scary movies in general are all all fair game. Hi, this is Future Mike, and we are editing in a spoiler warning for all of the movies that we're going to discuss going forward. My number three scary movie is The Conjuring. Um, I'm a James Wan uh, addict. I love just about everything I've seen the guy do, um, and it was easily one of the scary movies that just kind of stuck with me and scared me the most just like on a genuine level like I was pretty freaked out while I was watching it and then uh, just a free piece of advice if you're going to watch it for the first time don't own a cat at the same time because that thing will just like knock stuff over while you're trying to sleep and you're just convinced your house is possessed it's the worst but in the best way so you're saying donate your cat if you're going to watch this video Is it gonna yeah if you're gonna yes watch absolutely okay Um, Well, that's just a good piece of life advice in general, but uh, especially if you're going to watch this movie. (laughs) That's fair. How about you, Lou? Uh, So, 
I I believe that a horror my my top for horror I think is something when I when I watch it and I'm changed forever. I think that's yeah. something that completely like alters my brain chemistry and I go, "Okay, I have a uh I feel different now. I need to go to bed." Uh <laughs> so the recently the <laughs> Recently, the the top thing, and I think it's just because it came out this year, the Evil Bet, the Evil Dead, two thousand twenty three. Mm. Um, I think that one. Uh, I think it checked all the boxes for me when it comes to horror. And I think one of the biggest things with uh, what I love about this one is that uh, people die. There was there was no there was no saving people. Uh, there was a, a lot of people that you thought were important, and they're like, no, these people are not important. This person's gonna die, and I, I appreciate when to kill off a good character. So for me, I chose uh, the movie Seven because who doesn't love Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt? I know some people might argue that's a thriller or you know suspense, but for me, it like has. I'm not a horror movie person. I'll say that straight off. So for me, it has like those horror elements that are like uh, more psychological. So I really enjoy that, and then how it's tied into like the Seven Deadly Sins and all that. I just thought it was a really unique way to, to tell a story. Yeah, I think uh, that metal penis. I think uh, that sword penis. I think is is right up in horror. Were you were you what there the? when we watched it at camp? You, you watched know, it at it camp. Yeah, I that's think, crazy. I think maybe it was with Lucas or someone, but a hundred percent we watched it at camp, and it's not a camp friendly movie. No, well, I mean it is biblical, so uh, you can't define that. You can't defeat that. Coming in at number two for me is Psycho. Who half the people I've talked to about this didn't even know this. Like there was a sequel. And then 100% of them were like, yeah, but it can't can't be good, right? You know, it came out 30 years after, like, a genre-defining masterpiece. It's just a cash grab. Um, and it turns out the guy that directed it worked with Alfred Hitchcock for years and years and years. And he actually approached the family and was like, hey, um, I want to make a sequel. And they were like, okay, yeah. Like, they thought about it and they were like, if anyone's going to make a sequel, we want it to be you. You're the only one we'd approve. And so you get this story where Norman gets out of the insane asylum and he comes back to his house. Um, and he's just trying to live a normal life. And people start dying around him. And so now you have to figure out, is Norman going crazy? Is he going back to his old ways? Is someone trying to frame him? Is there a new psycho, you know, in the mix? And so it just, like, it pays perfect homage to the original movie while just making everything bigger and more interesting and more personal. And the character development was just phenomenal um and if you don't believe me that this movie is great quentin tarantino backs my argument that psycho 2 is actually the superior film to psycho 1 but i mean he also likes feet so do you agree with him on that no i actually have never seen a quentin tarantino movie i'm just you know <laughs> cherry picking because it gives me some credibility here yeah, you've never seen a quentin tarantino movie i've fallen asleep in the first 20 minutes of pulp fiction twice and that's about it well that movie's overrated so what about the django though Oh, I'm gonna have to disagree, but that's a whole nother podcast, I assume. I actually, I, I really cool want to do the main character. Oh yeah, it was awesome, and that was the other thing. Like they weren't gonna do it if uh, the guy who played Norman, I can't, I don't have his name off the top of my tongue, um, but or top of my head. Uh, but yeah, like they weren't gonna do it if he didn't come back, and so like he reprised the role, which was really cool. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. that is really cool. And the two spot, I have two of them, and I think they're very similar because it's the same director. I have Midsommar and Hereditary. Um, I think both of those movies completely messed me up. And I and I did an extensive Google search. I think when, when it came to Hereditary, have you guys seen this, these films? I have, I've no, those are 
Go for it. I've read the Wikipedia of Midsummer, but like I said, I'm a baby for horror movies, so I'm content reading Wikipedia right. pages. Those are movies right. one and two on my to-watch list, but uh, feel free to just go into it. Okay, so Hereditary, um, it, it, it is such a beautiful... I like Midsummer better, but I think Hereditary, it, you know what's going to happen, but you're just begging, and you're begging for it not to happen. And I think that mm. made it such a good one. And at the end, you see an old man penis, and it just completely <laughs> just off of anywhere. Scariest Just thing. like... It's the scariest thing because you're getting, like, people are getting burned alive, people are getting possessed, and you just don't expect to see an old man penis just coming out of nowhere. And I just think that's, I don't know, it's beautiful. And then with Midsommar, um, Midsommar, it's just crazy. It it is absolutely crazy. And I think it's, I can't remember what European country, but when you think of European countries, I don't think of uh, scary for me personally, I think of like daisies and like bikes, but in the way that it was built into this like beautiful scenery where it was just everything on the outside was so beautiful, but on the inside of it was this horrific thing that was happening. I, I can't say. Oh, and the beginning, uh, the beginning is nonstop crazy. It really pulls you in as soon as you get in there. And I hate horror movies that uh, take forever to, 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 to do anything. And the first jump scare is usually like a cat jumping out of a closet. Yes. And the first like ten minutes, uh, something crazy happens, and and you're immediately pulled in. So, I can't deny that. I think it's Sweden, if I remember correctly, or something like that. Some Scandinavian country. Yeah, for sure. I think so too. So for my number two, I'm going to go with a classic here and say Alien. So the only one I've mm. seen, but just the practical effects and all that. Still, I mean. They're, you know, old practical effects, so they don't look fantastic, but they look better than, you know, CGI from back in the day, and it's just, it's really cool. I watched it with my wife, and she was freaking out with the whole uh, chest burster scene, and I was just waiting for Oh, her. yeah. <laughs> Instead of watching the movie, I was watching her just to see her reaction and everything, so that's always that's a fun time. The best way to rewatch a horror movie is with someone who's never seen it. It's almost as good as being able to watch it for the first time again. I agree. So, and the whole alien thing is, is creepy, and, you know, it's spawned off Alien vs. Predator and all that, which I guess Predator also did that, but, yeah, just a big thing. It's the only alien movie I've seen. I've heard they go downhill after the second one. Yeah, I think 3 gets a bad rap, but they do go downhill. Like, it's definitely not as good as 1 and 2, but it's not as bad as people say, and then it is a just horrendously steep drop-off from there. Which one of the aliens is with the girl? The, the little girl? That's 2. That's aliens. 2? Okay, I think, uh, and I don't want to like go completely out of bounds, but I think there are like scholars who see uh, that watch the the relationship that is it Ripley is that her name? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Ripley builds with the with the girl and and how beautiful is she's ability to, her ability to connect with that girl. I think it's I think it's so awesome. I think you should definitely watch too, Robert. It's on my list. Yeah, it's my list is ever growing. It seems like yeah, for sure. It's. It's a classic. I'd say it's like Terminator 2 to Terminator 1. Um, James Cameron swoops in in both cases, and it's just like, all right, we're just going to make this bigger. It's less of a horror movie in both cases. Like, Alien and Terminator both have this, like, driving unstoppable force. And then in, like, the second movie, it's like, it's more action, it's more character. The style of movie changes a lot. They're both incredible. I'll take Alien over Aliens, 
but uh, they're both fantastic. Kind of a sidebar, any of you guys play Alien Isolation? No, that's on my list, though. I've heard nothing but good things. I heard the, the AI for that game is yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's, that's been on my list for almost, like, yes. 10 years. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. If you pause the game and leave it paused too long, the alien will still come by and kill you. Like, it's just crazy. Oh, I love that. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Do you know what studio built that one? I do not off the top of my head. Who's next? Uh, Michael is bringing uh, home with um, Yep. I, uh, I rewatched this recently with my sister, with Rob's wife, and it went from a movie that I really liked to my number one favorite horror movie, and that is Smile. Wow. Yeah, it, it caught me off guard, honestly. I was like, hey, this is a really good movie. We should watch it. And we were like halfway through, and I was like, holy crap, this is the, the best one. Basically, the premise is there's this entity that is coming after someone endlessly. And the way it comes after people who have a childhood trauma, and then when they see this thing kill its current victim, it, like the curse or the mark of this thing attaches to the person who watches the last person die. And so, like, you have four days to a week before this thing takes you over and makes you kill yourself in front of the next victim. And it's this endless cycle. They uh, they did this thing, like, the main girl is like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the, the house where I grew up in, where all my trauma originates from, and I'm going to be alone, and I'm going to confront it, and I'm going to beat this thing. And she goes, and she confronts it, and she thinks she beat it, and she leaves the house, and it was all just messing with her head the whole time. And she ends up dying at the end because she refuses to talk to anybody else about her past trauma. And it's just like, no, I can do it on my own. And then she can't. And the main character dies. And the whole time I was like, the best ending for this is if she dies because she won't take help. Um, but there's no way they're going to like have the balls to do that, right? Um, and then they did. So I, that was why I liked it. And then just the level of detail, the second time I watched it, you know, uh, the closer she gets to returning to her childhood home, they almost de-age the character. And it's just through things like her hairstyle and the clothes she wears, but like as just the trauma and the tension build and as this thing's just ruining her life, it, she just, she goes from this professional adult to almost looking like a 14 year old, just like in how broken down she is. And it was just, it was so cool just watching all the little visual things and then just earned jump scares left and right where it's like, they don't overuse them. And when they do use them, they're just phenomenal. Yeah, I, on rewatch, I loved everything about this movie. It's my number one. Wow, the, and uh, I'm surprised you didn't talk about the promoting that the smile did. I thought that was insane as well. I didn't actually, like I knew almost nothing about this movie, like, I think the first time I saw a promo for it was maybe a week before it came out. And I was like, oh, that looks interesting. I'll what, check it out when it hits streaming. What was the, the promotions? So the promotions is they would go to professional sports games. I think, like, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, baseball. And they would get in front of the camera and they would just smile. They would stare at the camera the whole <laughs> time and smile the whole time. I thought that was insane. That fact that like people out here are getting paid to smile in front of a camera for I don't know three hours. <laughs> it's insane. That's but, so good yeah, though. That was pretty cool. I feel like oh, they would do like a uh, Today Show, like morning morning Today shows. They would be oh, they'd be like in the window, of, like, like in the window. Yeah, they'd oh, be that's in the amazing. Window. Just while somebody's doing talking about smile. how somebody's cat. Yeah, like while somebody's somebody talking about somebody's cat doing three sixties. There's just like a couple just staring <laughs> the whole time. That's so good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. 
it's pretty fun. All right, bring it home, Lou. All right, so it's so funny that we talked about this because I just recently rewatched this again. So this movie came out in 2007. So I was in the sixth, seventh grade when this ha when this movie came out. So I think that's like prime time where you finally understand that oh, the world isn't like great all the time. I think around <laughs> yep. that age is when that happens. And so uh, the mist. Uh, I found that out pretty early, but. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, we could talk about we could talk about top ten traumas for sure. Gotta watch out for that smile. To... Uh, so yeah, for me, the mist I think is uh, the movie that messed me up the most growing up, and I love to give ode to Stephen King just because he is the master mm -hmm. at horror and horror books, and I think the mist I think it is a it, it's a cheesy rendition. I will say I think the acting is not top tier. But the subject is so good that I, I can't deny it. The idea is that this is a super small town and somebody, like a, a father and a son, I'm pretty sure, is going out to uh, to pick up some groceries. And a mist crawls in. Just chaos happens. People die. Usually it's like there's like alien. We're, I don't think they ever explain what's actually in the mist. But the idea of this just ominous mist that's covering the whole state, I think, is, is, is awesome. And then at the end, since we talked about spoilers... At the end, they escape the mist and they're driving out, and they hear this. This family hears this sound, and the father's like, "I I don't want my family to get eaten by aliens," and so he kills his whole family in the car. And then he finds out that the military actually was there and was trying to save them, and so he killed his whole family for nothing. And yeah, the uh, the end of that is just it's so gut wrenching. It is crazy, and I think I was at the prime time to be like, "Oh, you could kill your family." That's crazy. For me, it's definitely uh, I was way too young when I when I saw it, and I just like had that lasting effect on me. Mine, it had to be Jaws. Like I just, if I watched it now, I I doubt it would be like super scary. But when I was like you know, in fourth grade, seeing it on my cousin's TV, it would just it terrified me. I, that's why I don't really like oceans too much. I'll go and swim around, but like I don't know, can't fight something in the water. That's one thing that's so terrifying. Like if you were swimming or whatever, and a shark attacked. You, oh, you're done. Yeah, you're yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't outrun really anything on land either, but I, at least I feel like I have more of a fighting chance. You know? Yeah, well, you can at least, like, plant and, like, have some leverage. When you're in the water, you're just, you're sitting duck. Si side tangent, yeah. are you guys uh, a fight, flight, or freeze? Oh, I'm mm. flight, dude. I'm fast. That's the one thing I got that's always been like, I'm not going to win this fight, but you can't catch me. I think it depends on the moment. I think when uh, it's a person, I think I'm a freeze. I think if it's an animal, if I know that I can outrun it, I'm a, I'm a flight. And then anything else, I'm, I'm doing the other. So it depends on the situation for me. Interesting. So make, let me make sure I got this. If it's a person, you freeze. If yeah. it's an animal... That you think you can outrun, you're gonna run, and if it's an alien, you're gonna take it on head to head. If if it's an alien, if I'm taking a shower and I think something's behind my curtain, I'm punching that curtain. <laughs> All right, I love you it. Know? That, yeah, that is an example. Uh, so I, I am definitely a fight, and I've I've had to tell my wife this like hey like you need to make sure don't sneak up on me i don't want to you know accidentally hit you out of reaction but like one time she was in the bathroom like walking by and i just out of nowhere like i just felt like something there and saw it and, like threw a fist out in the shower curtain didn't hit her but like she like screamed and everything another thing is when i was in elementary school they had this haunted house in the school and i went as legolas because you know i was a, a nerdy kid and um <laughs> i got scared i guess I, I i started like swinging my my fake bow at them and like they're like so on the future they're like no props no weapons or anything because i was just swinging this thing at them so i'm just like get me the heck out of here i'm not it probably wasn't even that scary because you know it was a school haunted house but 
right? Right. So yeah, I can't do that in the water. What am I gonna do? Try to punch a shark? I guess grabbing right. scales is the the move, but. And I said, brother shark, we are all family in this great ocean. <laughs> and then I woke from? up in the hospital. How I met your mother. How I... <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I remember that, but I didn't remember where it came from. That's awesome. What a pull. Can we talk about uh, honorable mentions? Because I feel like there's so many good. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll throw in. A, I got a couple. I've made a list of honorable mentions, so I'm good. Okay, that. very cool. Do you want me to start first? Go, go for it. Yeah, go for it. All right, so It Follows. I mm. think is Shot in Detroit. A, in the Detroit area. Was it shot in Detroit it, area? It That's awesome. I didn't know that. That's super cool. Very low budget, but I think it's such a beautiful, and it reminded me a lot of Smile. It's called Smile, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It reminded me a little bit of like that, so I thought it was cool. But I think that was such a beautiful thing for how the budget that they had. Uh, for me, uh, one that comes to mind, you guys both mentioned movies you saw kind of too young, and mine was Signs. The, uh, <laughs> like, I saw that when I was like 11, and I slept with a glass of water by my bed for the next like three years. Uh, <laughs> like, I watched scarier movies after that movie. And I was like, okay, I'm fine because I'm a little older now, but I'm still, I got a glass of water. Like, I'm ready to go every night. Uh, like, that one just, it it's one of my all-time favorites now. Like, it'd probably make a, a list of all-time favorite movies. If I'm in the mood for horror, it, it doesn't scratch the itch as much as some other ones do. Yeah, that one, that one messed me up as a, as a young boy. I'm going to have to throw in Silence of the Lambs, you know, just the psychological mm. horror and suspense that it has. It's a really beautifully shot film as well. Is. That accent, though, I think it's rough. I can't remember who that lady was. I can't remember her name. Jodie Foster or something like that. Jodie Foster definitely wasn't from the South, I'll tell you that much. Beautiful <laughs> movie, though. Lucian, do you want to do your topic next? Do you want me to do mine? I can rock it out. Yeah, I can start it. Yeah, so when I was when you guys asked me about this podcast in uh, my tops, I, I, you know, I have so many things that I love, and I could go from like top video games to top anime. But really, what boils it down to with myself and my human, my being, is people. I think at a very young age, I understood that I wanted to work with people, and uh, I didn't know for a long time what that meant. And I think I'm still trying to figure that out myself. So I did uh, top three favorite things when working with people. So I can start us off uh, having a good conversation with somebody and hearing about their story. I think it's sometimes better than, you know, a book sometimes because people have lived some crazy stories. And sometimes those stories take turns that I didn't, you know, I wouldn't even expect. There's times where I think that people are telling a story and I start laughing and it is absolutely tragic. And I have to stop myself from <laughs> laughing. And it, it is crazy. But yeah, so my, my, my a cool experience is I, I did a, uh, I worked at a, not a food bank, but a food pantry. And one of my my job was to walk people through the food pantry. I just got to hear so many cool stories just because of that, while putting like rice in somebody's bag. I had a really good time with that. Yeah, for me, I'd say uh, for my third one, I just have like cooking for people, like like or more specifically barbecuing, and like I've done that for like jobs and like different events. And it's weird. I'm always so anxious there. I'm like, what if they? What if someone just like straight up hates the the ribs or whatever? And the only person I've heard a bad thing is is in this chat right now, but. Uh, Apparently he's not a ribs guy. So. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't. But apparently, yeah, I uh, mean, I'm sure the ribs were fine. I just don't like ribs that much. That, that was basically what he said. And I'm just like, I can't cook for anyone else. One example I just really liked is I used to work at REI and they have inventory day, which everyone hates. They're talking about like, what should we cater and all that? And I said, hey, just spend the money on ribs and I'll bring my grill and just smoke ribs during the day when you guys are doing inventory. And they actually, I was surprised they bought that. So I end up hauling my whole wood pellet grill there, and then everyone 
just has these mis- miserable look on their face because they just have to sit there and like keep on scanning the items. And I'm just out in the back, grilling, <laughs> listening to music and all that. And it was so nice, but like, hey, here's some here's some food. You know, take a take a load off. You know, just get to talk with them. But yeah, so that's one thing for me with uh, kind of working with people. Quick peek behind the curtain. When we were doing our, our pre-production meeting, I think this question was originally working with children. And I was like, crap, man, I got one, one story. So these are not in a top three because I can come up with things for working with people. So these are not necessarily in order. I'm going to tell this one because it's going to buy me time to come up with another one. And then I'll be able to hit you with my number one. Back in the days when Rob and I were working at Chili's. Uh, yeah, right. Um, I'm so I was, mad at uh, you for that. Hey, man, you made <laughs> some money when you were there. <laughs> we actually, a couple of our friends also worked there um, during that chunk of time, and our good friend, Hot Kyle, worked there, both waiting tables, and he comes up to me, and he was like, dude, I lost 37's credit card. And I was like, you did you did what? And he was like, yeah, like, I, I picked it up, I went to go, like, ring in their meal, I don't know where I put it, I have dug through trash cans, I have checked everywhere i've turned everything inside out i lost the credit card and i was like all right man like tell the managers and then you just got to tell the table like uh, like i get it this sucks there's nothing you can do you have to you just have to do it you have to go tell them and he's like yeah all right you're right and you know he let the managers know and they, they told him the same thing and um i made sure i was at like table 36 while he was telling the table <laughs> And uh, he comes up to him and was like, guys, I'm so sorry. I've looked everywhere. I misplaced your card. It's gone. I can't find it. And the dude at this table looks at him and starts cracking up. And he was like, is that why it took you so long? And he hands him the check with his credit card because he forgot to pick it up off the table. But you're just going so fast that he just picked it up in his head and then couldn't find it because he never actually had it. And watching the look on Kyle's face as he was like, oh, my gosh, I just dug through full trash cans of like the refuse that comes out of like the dish tank and all it was was i forgot to pick up the uh the check that was uh that was easily one of the highlights also you can't get mad at hot kyle i think if you know hot kyle as soon as you meet him you can't get mad at him hot hot kyle if you're listening i'm still kind of mad i don't have my hoodie but that's okay your 50 dollar hoodie if i remember correctly yep that's what i get for trying to support friends you know Yep, shout out Four Horsemen and Company. I will say, though, I, when I came up with this idea, I had a certain story uh, from you, Mike, that I, I hope that you tell. If you if you don't, then I will tell the story. I, I tell suspect the story. it's number one. Because okay. that was the, immediately the first thing that came to mind. I was like, I got yeah. a good one. You're known throughout Bear Lake because of this story. If, if we're talking about the same one. That story is in training. Second one is immediately clicking with the person. I don't know the science of this. And I'm not sure, but there are just times where you just click with a person and there's times that you don't. And uh, I will say though, Robert is one of my best friends and I don't think we clicked immediately, but we did click pretty fast. What do you, what do you think, Robert? I mean, I feel, I feel like it's whenever a mountain meets a ghetto, it doesn't hit off, you know, right away, but you know, it turns out they, they have a lot in common in the end. (laughs) I don't think there's any mountains in the ghetto, maybe trash mountains. No, but there are some ghettos in the mountains. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I've, I've worked with youth for over 10 years. I know if I want to click with a kid uh, based off a couple things. And, and a lot of the times, I'm be honest with you, I click with fat kids so well, man. If, you're, if the kid is overweight, me and him are going to be friends. Or me, me and her are going to be friends. That's just something that I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe because I grew up as a fat kid, but because I, th- I think I know the struggles of being a fat kid. But I've had so many kids that are a little overweight that are like were my best friends growing up, or my best friends while they were growing up. 
So mine uh, comes back to, we all went to the same camp growing up, and um, Lucia and I worked there some summers and, like, volunteered. But they had this thing called Adventure Challenge Education, which basically mm-hmm. they ran a bunch of uh, team-building games, and then also, like, the high ropes, the zip line, the rock wall, and all that. So I'd say one of the, the great things working with that is you get to see a lot of kids take on their fears and face them, and then, like, you, you kind of encourage them. It's just really cool that once they finally turn around and jump off the zip line, you know, putting their faith on the harness and everything that they... Um, just kind of the joy they can get. Some some kids are still terrified. It's, it's rewarding in a way, which you, you wouldn't think so. But then you get those young punks that learn that people will cheer them on if they, like, kind of dilly-dally. And after they go down, like, two or three times, they're still, like, you know, trying to, to play it off like they're scared just so people cheer them on. And I'm just like, if I could push you off the zip line, I would. But legally, I cannot. So. I'll just kick you in the tush right now. <laughs> just do this is Sparta, you know. Uh, I don't, oh, I don't, awesome. I don't, um approve of pushing any kids off anything i just want to get that on for the record i do just so we have that Uh, (laughs) as long as they're in the harness (laughs) so my number two um it's a little shorter is uh i don't know if it's necessarily my number two but there was um a moment uh when i was counseling it was just like one of those you're getting older and you start to see the circle of life kind of things because um, I was standing in line with some uh, some of my campers, and we were going to go tubing. There were this, these two kids ahead of them, ahead of us. I don't remember what the conversation was, but it was just the craziest thing because I remembered vividly being that age and camping that week and having that identical conversation, like, verbatim. And it was just, the like, the most interesting thing to be like, wow, like, we're all, obviously, we're all different. We have different experiences, but, like, we're all kind of doing the same thing here. And also, all those times, my parents just seemed to know what I was thinking. They did. They just, like, like they, they couldn't read my mind. They just knew because they had done it, too. And, like, I just I thought, thought that was the most fascinating thing. Which, uh, which week was it? Do you remember which age it was juniors was that third through fifth grade yeah i think third through six but... yeah that's pretty cool that's a uh, that's deeper than i expected that's <laughs> i like that idea can i have a that's confession that can mix with you guys yeah uh, i was told much later on that i was not a good like kid for juniors like people didn't want to counsel <laughs> me i was i mean i was a young punk mm. i still kind of am just a punk now but yeah People are like, yeah, you weren't a good, you turned out good, but you weren't a good camper back in juniors. And like, yeah, that's fair. Oh, that's sorry, hilarious. yeah, it doesn't surprise me, Robin. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. I, I just had to get that <laughs> off my chest. I had to tell the world. Young, young yeah. Rob was a yeah, scoundrel. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah, I mean, you were also a redheaded kid, and I think around that time, people really showing a lot of hate to the redheads. True, that ginger so video. You was just didn't have a good look. That's that, what it, it wasn't me. That it ginger was my video was taken off. Uh, yeah, you, it's, it's not your fault. Thank you. I appreciate this. Good therapy <laughs> session for fault, me. But number one is working with difficult people for a long time and, and you've seen progress after a while. Is that why you get along with I Rob so well? I think so. I, I think so. Thank you for, for opening that up. <laughs> I, I, I love working with... did very well, very quickly. That's so funny. I worked with a lot of inner city kids for a long time. I just stopped recently. And there are a bunch of kids with just a lot of trauma, man. And so they come in thinking that I'm going to be a certain way because the male influences in their life have treated them a certain way. It takes a, it takes a while for them to be like, oh, Mr. Lou is a little different. Mr. Lou is not going to like yell at me for throwing paint on the wall you know but when that finally clicks for them it is is a beautiful thing i also like seeing that in my friends honestly my best friends growing up i think or even now i think we're always rough around the edges i will tell a story with robert i think is awesome is that uh i was playing college football at the time and i had a really bad back and uh i just needed ibuprofen and because we were at this camp i couldn't find any and so i asked robert i was like hey 
it was and there was a gas station right down the street like uh, maybe like two minutes two minutes down the road and i was like robert can you please take me to this gas station so i can buy uh some ibuprofen my back is killing me and robert was like no i can't do that for you <laughs> and i was like who is this guy i, I don't remember this at all <laughs> <laughs> who is this guy i cannot believe this and then yeah and then years later i stood in his wedding and we're best friends now so uh, oh, I was, I was the everything starts off that's that's my number one i don't remember that at all but oh well at least it turned out all all good in the end it all turned out yeah my back is okay now <laughs> you finally got that ibuprofen <laughs> I finally got that ibuprofen. Yep. After crawling to the gas station. No, no, no. I think I just stole it from somebody, but no matter what. So mine, mine is back in our, our high school camp. Every four years, they play this call, this game called Plane Crash, and like you hear whispers through it mm. as as going at the a camper there. And then basically the premise is they they get you in this room, um, they take away one of the team captains, and they go hide someplace. And um, my year. They, the Star Trek, the new Star Trek movies were out, and so they like played that scene when the, I don't know, when the Enterprise, I don't watch Star Trek, when the space ship crashes, and then we had to like go out and solve riddles, and we ended up coming and finding this huge like actual plane crash, and they built it up with fires and all that, and like people would put like fake blood or catch up on them and all that, and be screaming and all that. So it was just like a super surreal moment as a camper, but then. Once I got to... I was actually one of those counselors that... Or I wasn't a counselor that year, but I was one of the team captains. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used, like, a ketchup bottle apiece. Um, that was some of the most <laughs> fun I've ever had. I, I ruined some really awesome clothes for that. Yeah. But it was a great time. And then fast forward four more years, because like I said, they only do it every four years. Um, my second year working at the camp, we, we know it's going to be this year. So, like, throughout the whole week, we take... I think an hour or two out of our work day and just start prepping. So I'd be like hammering, hammering away at making like this fake airplane wing and all that they were going to hang up. And we just, me and this other guy just start brainstorming, end up making like this turbine that we put a campfire in. So it looks like it's on fire. And it's like, it was great because I kind of saw the work in the future. I saw the work that like other people did to make that experience so great. And it was just Mm. so cool to be able to kind of the work away and, give that experience to other people and they're just the look of like awe and like you know people just like what the heck is going on here like what and then like <laughs> having all the, the the team leaders like scream and all that and then one guy was like going around acting like he was from um lost and like just mumbling i forget what they're called but like they're just looking in the the shadows and mumbling it was just such a cool experience to kind of give back in a way that i remember was such a big thing for me so that is probably my favorite one of my favorite moments working specifically with like uh you know youths and all that that's awesome just to touch on that the the year you were a camper for it it was uh it was me and our friend dylan and peter um and we were all trying to like outdo each other to be like more like distraught in the way they found us and dylan got this idea to hang upside down from a tree and so (laughs) the dude lodges his ankle between like in, in a wide like break in the tree and legitimately for like 10 seconds was hanging there and he's like i'm gonna stick like this and we're like no you're not and about 10 seconds later he's like uh, guys i i can't get out <laughs> so we had to get up and lift him out of the tree and then like get back into our positions peter was my captain that year and my my year doing that didn't he like legitimately traumatize somebody so much that she was like i can't do this like I don't remember that. Uh, All I remember is he laid in poison ivy, and people got poison ivy from him. We're just like, screw you, Peter. 
Oh, gosh. Oh, oh, that sucked. I mean, it was dark. It was like, I remember that. There was no way he could have known. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Do you remember what year you're talking about, Robert? So that would have been your first year. That would have been, is that Escape? Yeah, that would have been Escape. Okay. I had uh, Lucas as a captain. And I was, uh, and he, he's a lot fitter now, but he was like, I want to say almost close to three bills. He was like, he was maybe like 270. He was a big boy. And I had a team full of like young, small people. And it was such a challenge getting him out of that plane wreck. But I think it was so much fun. I think it's for, for anyone who didn't go to camp, you had to build like a, a stretcher. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to collect pieces, build a stretcher and then carry them out on a stretcher. Ours got torn in, uh, like, by a thorn, you know, trying to get to the, to the poison ivy, and it just, like, ripped, and, yeah, I think ours was the only team where our captain died, <laughs> was ruled dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be one sacrifice. But, yeah, it's a good first pick, Robert. All right, um, so for me, um, for anyone who's, who's worked with kids, you're probably gonna be familiar with what's called the two-adult rule, and the two-adult rule, the concept is basically just, like, hey, we want to make sure these kids are safe and that nothing can happen to them. And then also as an organization, we're protected from any kind of accusation. And so if you're going to be alone with a student, uh, you need to have two adults. I was counseling and it's it's you as the senior counselor and then you have a junior counselor. And all that means is one of you is an adult and one of you is a minor. And we were at the climbing tower. One of the campers was like, hey, I, I really got to go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay, um, does anybody else have to go to the bathroom? Because if you get two or three kids, it's like, great. You're, like, you're not alone with the student. You send a group. It's all good. Uh, but nobody else had to go. And I was like, okay. And like, I didn't know my junior counselor that well, but I knew his family. They would like, they'd gone to camp for a long time. They were, had like an excellent reputation. And I was like, Caleb, man, just, just take him. The building's right over there. I'll clock you. You'll be covered. Like, get in, get out, make it quick. And so, like, they, you know, they run over to the building. They come back. I don't think anything of it. And the next day, this kid comes up to me. And he's like, hey, um, can I talk to you? And I was like, yeah, man, what's up? And he's, uh, you know, he goes, it's about, it's about when Caleb took me to the bathroom. And, like, my whole body just, like, ice water. Like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, my gosh. What, like, I just sent this kid off because my junior counselor has, a, like, his family has a good reputation. Like, I, I, like I, I'm just, I feel so terrible. I'm, like, from freaking out. Like, what is this kid about to say to me? He's like, yeah, like, I, I went into the stall and my poop was green. And this kid had ate so much green Laffy Taffy that it stained his feces on the way out. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. I am never sending a child without, like, like just a group of people anywhere ever again. And, like, I'll tell you what. You've never experienced experienced relief like green feces in your life uh yeah it was just yeah that was that's the one that came right to mind when uh when lucian pitched this one is that the idea you had i i that no it is not no <laughs> that is okay I wanna... is, though. <laughs> yeah it was it is not but i do remember the story i remember hearing the story and i forgot about it and so i'm so happy that you did share it uh my favorite story oh i guess now my second favorite story is when uh, your camper didn't shower the whole week. And, and, <laughs> yes. And, and instead of getting him into the shower, you just grabbed his soap and you squeezed out half the bottle outside. Was... And, and you gave it back to him. He's like, here you go. You took a shower. <laughs> okay. So, yes, I absolutely did that proudly. Uh, the trick was that, like, that kid, I, so my thing was during free time, I'd get in the pool and I'd just wrestle with campers, which apparently you can't do anymore, and it's it's heartbreaking because it was the best. Just, like, kids would try and dunk the counselor, and you just, like, 
you'd just be picking up third graders and chucking them halfway yeah. across the pool. It was so much fun. It was, it was good uh, as a, a camper and a counselor. Like it, I yeah, I loved so it as a kid, camper. and I loved it even more as a counselor. And I knew for a fact that kid spent two hours a day in a chlorine bath. And I was like, dude, you're fine. Like, you're a little gross. I'm pretty sure I made him take a shower and then squirted the rest out. I 100% was like, hey, this is what I used to do as a camper. So my mom wouldn't know I didn't shower all week. <laughs> and I just, like, gave it right back. I, I just picture a... Uh, uh... I just picture a parent being, you did not use half this bottle <laughs> taking a shower. <laughs> like, you are lying. <laughs> like, I gave you a full bottle of soap, and now it's half gone. Like, it's you're, I know you. <laughs> but I think it's an amazing story. That's that's why everybody thought I was a good counselor. My kids took showers every day in giant air quotes. <laughs> yeah, at least you didn't take them to the river at night, like some counselors. Wait, what? Uh, There's I'm a river there? Me. Oh, a lake. I'm tripping. Oh, okay. Are you referring to the Boogaloo incident, as it's known nowadays? Uh, I am not talking about the Boogaloo oh, incident, then I, don't, I do know I don't that. Know. But I think we should, I think we should save uh, the stories for another Ooh. podcast. For I think special, we can talk about. Special. Yeah, I think we can. I can think we that's can. How, that's how you retain viewership, right there. Future podcasters, in awe of our success, that's how we did it. Bam. <laughs> My top list, we all like music, so I'm not going to say that this is like mostly my thing. I mean, the intro you guys heard to this podcast, uh, Mike played the guitar on it, and I did all the other random stuff, but I was torn because a lot of us like the same thing. So I just did the top three concerts you have seen or want to see, and by concert, I mean like headliner or band or artist that you want to see. So to start off, I was, I'm really torn about this third place, and so I'm, I'm just going to say it, get it over with because I can't take it back. Mumford & Sons, I saw them in Oklahoma City, fantastic concert. Mm. And it was just a really good time. They actually, there's even like a medical emergency. They stopped, like some person like passed out or something. They stopped the whole concert and like called out people, which I, I thought was really cool. It sucks because you know they're like in the middle of a song, but hey, you know, at least they, it was it was cool that they cared. So we'll say that's my number three. So okay. I, uh, I'm not a huge concert guy. I haven't been to that many, and so I kind of took this as like, let me let me ask you this: Can I pick an artist in their prime? Yeah, go for it. Okay, cool. Because, mm. like, I got two artists on this list, one and three, where it's like, I got no interest in seeing them tomorrow. But if I could see Bon Jovi when they were touring Slippery When Wet, I think that'd be the coolest thing. I want to say I want to say it was John. It was either John or uh, Richie, the guitar player. Um, they would have In a Harness, and during um, Living Out of Prayer, they would run off the stage and, like, it pulled into the air, flying squirrel style, and they'd, like, fly over the crowd. Um, performing the song and like it just it looked like the coolest kind of shows like the live footage in the uh in the music video i think that's you know that's an all-time great concert and uh they're one of my all-time 80s rock bands and so that would be uh that'd be number three for sure yeah i always think for me it's it, i love going sounds- to the music but when the, the artist like puts on a performance those are the the really like memorable concerts those are my top two are artists that like put yeah. on a show and everything yeah, yeah, I think so. It sounds right up your alley, though, Mike. I'm not gonna lie. The whole like, oh, yeah, harness dude. thing, because you are a, you're wicked good when anything that comes with a harness. Uh, <laughs> it is one of my uh, <laughs> just like that. The podcast got canceled. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy some aerial sports with my socks on. So my relationship with music, I think, is 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 awesome. My dad actually was in a band, but I never got to see him because I was too young when uh, before he quit the band. But I grew up with so much music growing up. So, but the last concert that I saw was this band called King's Kaleidoscope. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, I think they were they did an amazing live show, 
and I and I think there's there's a couple things. I'm happy that we're talking about concerts because there's a couple like criterias for me when it comes to concerts. And I think like the Keen's Kaleidoscope, I think did an amazing job hitting all those things. And so for one, like I don't know how far, how deep we're gonna go into it, but I'm I'll rant a little bit. Uh, just because whatever uh, I think parking I think is such underrated when it comes to concerts mm-hmm. I don't want to park yeah I don't want to park three miles away and have to walk the whole time after standing for three hours right and so I think the parking was cool at this King's Glasgow I wish I remember the venue uh, and then the people I think people can be so disrespectful when it comes to concerts and it just seemed like we were all we all came because we loved this band and I think everybody had that respect and I think that was awesome. And then the show, I think King's Kaleidoscope, if you've never heard of them, they have a full band, right? They have horns, they have the drums, they have everything. And, and so it, it felt like a full sound. And I think they did an amazing job. That's did, my number three. Did they do a, a prayer? Do you remember if they played that song? Uh, honestly, I do not remember if they did or not. I want to say they did, but... Oh, did I they drop the say. F-bomb? So that was a big thing. They did drop the F-bomb. There we go. Yeah. respect it yeah they did drop that one. yeah <laughs> yeah i know you like christian rappers who or christian artists who who say fuck i think it's awesome well yeah it's like especially because yeah he is a i don't know is he only a christian artist or is he like kind of uh, an artist who is also a christian i think everybody now is in, if they're in the christian world i think they're all artists who are just a christian yeah he's got um i mean he's got come thou fount in his top three on on Spotify or his top four, five. So I know, like, he did some worship songs, but I didn't know if he only did like uh, quote unquote Christian songs. Yeah, I'd argue that at the like he might have some non like worship albums potentially, but uh, I think the guy's definitely a Christian artist. Oh, yeah. But anyways, back to it. I kind of yeah. like respect that he he wrote this piece when he was like in like the the darkest part of the night and like he's just like depressed and everything is at least what I get from it. And he he uses the f bomb and that was a huge thing. Like oh no, King's Kaleidoscope dropped the f bomb. Like dude, come on. Like he he's being real. Like that's the yeah. main problem I have with Christian music is that it's it seems so fake. So it's like he's being oh, real. Oh, there's like, a fun oh. top five. Top five issues with modern Christian music. <laughs> There. I'll make a top twelve <laughs> right now. Yeah. So I'm like, why are you trying to? Censor? I mean, yeah. I mean, you did grow up your dad being a pastor, so. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I I don't know that that has anything to do do with it. Like, I got I got some opinions on uh, on like the 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 worship music scene as a whole. Uh, yeah, it drives me nuts. I I just think it's crazy uh, how people try to censor like this man for being honest and writing what uh. Like what was on his heart. Yeah. Trying to censor him for it. I'm like, come on. Yeah. For my number two, I'm going to kind of gatekeep here. Uh, <laughs> I saw Twilight Pilots in concert before they were cool. Me too. It's just really cool to see them. And, like, I hear their shows have gotten even more crazy. So I kind of want to go see them again. But it was, that was just such a fun show. They'd, like, bring out these platforms. And the, the, the crowd would hold the platforms up. And they'd be playing the drums and all that. And, like, interacting with the crowd. It was such, just such a fun time. Yeah, um, I saw them my freshman year of college when they were touring uh, Vest. Mm-hmm. and uh oh, wow. yeah that that show was like i mean that was like uh yeah it was it was like nothing i'd ever seen was that the film uh, no it was a smaller venue um i can never remember what it's called i've seen like three shows there it's probably 20 30 minutes from uh like rochester hills because i stopped and saw my uncle on the way i also saw who did i see there i saw reliant k there and then i saw a couple smaller bands some local bands that were playing there and i i, I can't for the life of me remember where it was when uh when i saw reliant k there we went with kevin he was our uh, our chaperone because we were all in high school and this man talked his way 
onto the side of the stage and hung out with Reliant K during the opening acts. Not surprised. Uh, like, we're all like, hey, man, where'd Mr. B go? And then I looked up and I was like, he is talking to Matt. Like, he's sitting in the VIP area. And you know, he was just like, hey, guys, I'm here with a bunch of kids. You mind if I hang out? And they're like, yeah, come on in, man. Like, <laughs> Oh, man, we could do we could do a podcast just on. Oh, I have I have my top one already. That's so funny. Also, when they're doing their vessels, it's like right before they get, hit that initial wave of like shooting up. So I think they mm-hmm. said like we were at the Fillmore in Detroit, and they said it was like one of their biggest shows to date, and they used it in, like music videos. So that it kind of holds a special place in my heart for that. And I was with a bunch of camp friends from working with the summer, so it was just a, a fun time all around. So my second is, <laughs> I got to see Animino back. I think back in like 2012. Uh, if you know me, I'm a big Andy Mineo fan. I have a tattoo uh, represented one of his songs, and I got to see him. Uh, you know, because I didn't grow up being a Christian, and I kind of got into the Christian scene in high school. And uh, there's just there's just this natural corniness when it comes to Christianity. I think outside looking in, if you're not a Christian and you're looking into Christianity, there's just like I don't know, just like why why do we do this? And listening to music, I thought was what drew me to you know the church that I grew up in was the music, and I thought how good the live band was. And uh, when I found out about Andy Mineo, I was immediately drawn to him because I grew up loving hip hop, and I got to see him in person, and I got to see him with uh, one of my good friends at the time, Daniel, my uh, youth leader, Steve. And uh, it was just it was a just like a pivotal moment in my life. The concert was at the at this basement of this church. It was low down. Uh, ceiling tiles were falling down because we were jumping too high and or jumping too hard. And it was just a really good time. That sounds like a freaking blast. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I love small venue concerts. There's something mm-hmm. like like they're almost more intense. I think it and they're way more like intimate. Depends on the concert. I went to a house concert one time. That was kind of weird. That sounds a little too small. I, I can see that being awkward. <laughs> yeah. This yeah, for a spoken word artist. He's like doing a, a tour, and I I bought tickets because I, I had a pretty big uh, spoken word phase. Is this another Daniel <laughs> shout out, or it is, is it? It is there's... not. I, <laughs> after that, Dan Dan the Lion Man. I went. It's like this random place in Gross Eel, which is a little island off of Detroit. For those who don't know, and I'm driving around I'm like these are just houses. Where's like a venue or something? And I just see this whole like pile up of cars outside this house. People walk in. And I'm like, uh, you know, this has to be it. And it was it was weird just going in and sitting on like some person's chair. And just hanging right there waiting for the the concert to start but you know it was really intimate i will say that how much how much did you pay for those tickets do you remember it was like 15 bucks okay not yeah. too bad no yeah. but it what? does feel a little culty though i don't know were you with somebody no it was just me Ooh, yeah all right well happy that you're alive robert we appreciate it <laughs> well it was only it was 15 dollars for the tickets um but salvation cost him another four grand <laughs> I gotta get that higher tier, baby. Yeah, I don't actually have student loans. I just say that so I don't want to be embarrassed. As a adult, you know? hey, it's all gonna pay off when we are scrubbing your feet in heaven. My number two. I don't. I don't think she's touring the the album anymore. My, my number two is also specifically touring for an album. But uh, when Demi Lovato released "Holy Fuck." That changed my month, cause like I heard, like I saw some YouTube video where somebody was talking about it. They're like, "Yeah, Demi Lovato is releasing like a pop punk metal album," and I was like, "What?" All right, I gotta listen to this. This is gonna be a good laugh. And I listened to it like four times straight. It was really weird. My my top artists, like I think I started listening to it in like October and my top Spotify songs were like a random Bruce Springsteen song and then four 
tracks off that album. It's this raw, angry album that's like, I'm sick of telling people telling me how to live, and I'm sick of the system and the, the machine that she grew up in, you know, just like the predatory nature of like the child star uh, oh, sorry, we'll edit that word out. The the mouse is, uh, we're going to create people. We're going to wring every last drop out of them. And then just like also some of her substance abuse issues. And it all was just, just this churning vessel of emotion. I, I loved it. I thought it was so good. And yeah, to see, if, if you could play just the whole album straight live, I'd pay a lot of money to see that. I remember you texted me like, do you listen to the new Demi Lovato album? I'm like, no, who do you think I am? I, <laughs> yeah, right, no, it, <laughs> I had to like, I had to explain myself so much, so many times that month. Like I literally, I like it. it it got to the point where I started with, okay, let me explain before I said anything else. Cause like, yeah, like the number of looks I got when I was like, have you heard the new Demi Lovato? And people were like, you're almost 30. You're a, <laughs> you are a 30 year old man almost. Why are you asking me if I've heard the new Demi Lovato? I'm like, no, 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 no. Gotta listen to this one. So for my top one is uh, probably one of my favorite artists, John Belling, seen him in concert. It was uh, definitely a smaller concert in, in Tulsa. But, it, man, that guy just really knows music, and it's cool. I've seen a lot of his live performance. He'll, like, kind of switch stuff up and, like, tell the band. Like, it, it's, it basically seems like a group of guys just jamming. And, like, they'll kind of switch it up and play off each other and all that. And, you know, maybe it's staged, but it, it just the – I hate to use the word, but, like, the vibes are really cool. And it's just – it's so cool to watch someone who's, like – who sees music as a craft and, like, is always trying to pre- – perfect their craft and just seeing him kind of just work it, it such a cool thing my favorite thing and he also puts on a really good performance so he's my favorite concert that i've seen that's awesome man it's it's cool that like because this has been your favorite band for this has been your favorite guy for quite a bit of time right when did he first come out uh well i started listening to him sometime in probably 2016 2017 in college yeah that's awesome he he's now like just a producer one thing i, I have mad respects about him and if we podcast goes on long enough probably have plenty of john bellion rants but he's like i am happy with where i'm at like fame wise i don't want to like tour and all that and be taken away from my family i just want to like go home and play video games with my son every night so basically now he's just a producer for other people like i know he did a lot like he won uh did one of the big jonas brothers songs on their new album and he's just does a lot of like behind the scenes work and I, i just have mad respect for that he's like i've made it i'm happy i'm not gonna ruin my life for this that's awesome that is awesome all right my number one i don't think per se this is my number one because i don't think i've gone to my number one concert but i think i have to show respect to where respect is due uh i got to see slash in person oh and i thought i don't it, it was i'm just so happy that i got a chance to do that um so it wasn't That's just slash cool. but it was uh slash featuring miles kennedy and then the conspires conspirators conspirators man sometimes speaking is hard for me man my second, you know, I love Annie Mineo. I think my, but my first favorite artist is uh, Alter Bridge. And the Ooh, head yes. of Alter Bridge is actually Miles Kennedy. And so I got to see my favorite, uh, I got to see two of my favorite artists in person. I got to see like Slash, who has years. He's 58 now. I think he's probably, he was still in his 50s when I got to see him. To see somebody so dedicated to their craft mm. and so healthy at, at 50, I think is so inspirational i think should to anybody you know to be able to do that because there's there i think there's two types of 50 year olds there's people who are like oh you are 50 you know (laughs) and there's other people that are like oh wow you are you're 50 years old i think slash definitely hit it and then miles kennedy has such a range in his voice oh it's he's one of the best singers out there especially male singers it's crazy and completely underrated 
And I think that's the, the, the big thing for me, too. I think he's one of the most underrated artists to this day. But yeah, I got to see them both, and uh, it was uh, it was a great show. I brought my wife. We drove out to Canada. Uh, I have a really funny Canada um, experience there. Man, their their money is funny money. I will say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, there's no. I, I doubt there's any Canadians that are gonna listen to this. Maybe the Pujes. Shout out to the Pujes. <laughs> anyone who does, anyone who doesn't go to camps, is gonna be like, who are all of these people? <laughs> <laughs> It's just uh, a list of Bear Lake people, and then Hot Kyle has been all the shoutouts. That, that was it. The, the problem, though, is that we got higher seats, so we weren't on the floor. And I think mm. I, I think any type of advice is if you're going to go see a concert and you love this band, pay to be on the floor. 100%. Yeah. Uh, it, it, is, it is almost... And I'm not saying, you know, it, whatever is in your price range, for sure. And if you can only afford a higher seat, you know, it's better to be there. But to get the real full experience, you got to be on the floor, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was like from Alfred and Sons. I got the general mission on the floor i had some friends that were like up in the because it was at the chesapeake arena so it was this huge basketball arena and they were up in like the nosebleeds and i think i had a better time than them just like being oh no question them. yeah yeah you got to like elbow somebody in the face and then get away in time for mumford and sons to think they passed out and like <laughs> yeah you're still worn out oh sorry cut that <laughs> you edit you got this <laughs> so my number one um Ooh. it's tough i feel a little cheap saying all albums or all artists that I uh, haven't actually seen. Bruce Springsteen's No Nukes concert. It's also kind of cheating because it's it was a live show and it's it's been recorded. But that album is so good. That live album is just it's it's fantastic. And to uh to have been there and to seen that show live would have probably been just like a once in a lifetime thing. And I'm sure people who were there still talk about it. And I'm sure everyone who they tell is overhearing about it. And I would love to just hoist that story upon people for the rest of my days. Do you guys have any honorable mention honorable mentions? I do. Yeah, yeah I got start? one, but yeah, go for it. Alright, cool. So uh Dreamville is uh is a is a I think it's a label J. Cole started. And J. Cole is in my top five for sure. He's probably one of my favorite rappers of all time. And they do uh they do a it's not a what do you call it? It's not a concert, but it's a, a festival. And they do a festival each year, I think in South Carolina, and I would love to fly down there and, and be part of that festival. I think uh J. Cole has done a, such an amazing job building a team around him and he's just a crazy lyricist. Um himself and i would love to to go there and, and check that out for me what i was really throwing around for okay. my third place spot was uh either mumford and sons or the head in the heart that was a really fun concert i went to mm-hmm. down in tulsa as well mm-hmm. just another like good uh, good experience and you know kind of the the folky vibe which for the most part is a pretty laid back chill chill atmosphere so that w- i was really struggling between the two for my number three so that'd be my honorable mention for yeah. me it's between uh i saw uh, an actual live show I, I got to go to for real um, was seeing John Mark McMillan in concert. He's uh, he's one of those rare guys that I like who's like a big Christian artist and like he's got a lot of lot of music that still gets played in churches on Sundays. But I feel like he writes genuine music and it's not it's not about slapping a bunch of God words together and getting paid. It's about just like expressing what he's going through. Or, you know, he'll take things that he's read and just, like, he'll, exp- like, um, our, our friend Alex once described his, his lyrics this way. He's like, when normal people want to say something, they just say it. When John Mark McMillan wants to say something, he thinks about it and he says it in a way you've never heard it expressed 
referenced before. And I think that's just like the best way to, to wrap that guy up is he's just he's a great musician, he's honest, and he just he puts things in a way that's just like, wow, I, I've never would have thought to express this concept in those words. And yeah, that was that was one of the best shows I've ever been to. His uh and I, I think I saw this in a video, but his uh, How He Loves and mm-hmm. he wrote that from his dead brother, right? I think it was a dead friend, but it, it was it was somebody close dead to him friend. who died. Yeah, yes, it broke my heart when I heard how why he wrote that song. Yeah, he uh, he played that one. He played that one live, um, and uh, David Crowder um, obviously famously uh, covered that song. Um, and he went and changed uh, the line "Sloppy Wet Kiss" to "Unforeseen Kiss," mm-hmm. which is. Um, which is a fight I will like. I don't. I don't play at churches anymore. But when I did, I like, like the worship leader was like, "Hey, we're gonna do unforeseen." I was like, "No, I won't." Like, I'll. You can sing it. I'll step <laughs> off the mic and let you sing it. Um, but if I'm saying words, that, like I will die on the sloppy wet hill. Um, <laughs> That's what I was but, gonna uh, say. Are we? Uh, sl- we're a sloppy wet kiss podcast, right? We're, we're planning our. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, I am, I am like, team sloppy wet kiss. Okay. Yeah. He uh he he we he played that song and then afterwards he was like um so I uh I heard some uh, unforeseens out there and it was <laughs> like it was like the funniest moment of the show like he just called people out he's like no 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 not at my show on a side note I think well there was a there's a guy um there's a guy that went to uh me and Mike's church for a while and his name was John and he I, and that I think Lord Goob M- mustache John uh no. No, 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 no. It's John. You guys know oh, that? Oh, yeah, is? yeah. I do yeah, know. he lives uh, one building away from me in this apartment complex, actually. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I can, like, look out my balcony and point to his balcony. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I think he knows this, but he does not have a good voice. No, wow. he does know that. Uh, okay, I, I assume so. And I have I have had some pretty good John moments, too. Um, but it is so beautiful to hear this man sing Sloppy Wet Kiss. And every time I think mm-hmm. of Sloppy Wet Kiss... I think of another man named John, and it, and it brings me a lot of joy. That's so funny. I um I was playing. I played at Life Church for a little while, and uh, one of the things they do, uh, uh, almost all bigger churches do this. They have these things called ambient mics, which are microphones that face out towards the crowd. Um, mm-hmm. And the idea is we're going to pick up the crowd noise and we're going to pump it through the speakers, and it just it makes the audience more comfortable singing because the more other voices you hear the more comfortable you are and there was this one week i was playing and i was like dude my in-ears are broken because like somebody on this stage cannot sing for crap and it's like (laughs) throwing me off i'm having a hard time playing and like i i finally realized like oh the ambient mics are turned on in my mix and i i just like reached over hit a button muted it and I like I started scanning, and John was standing like a foot and a half away from the ambient <laughs> mic. <laughs> I was like, so "Oh, awesome. okay, that's what it was." Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so. It, I love it. I love it so much, man. That's awesome. Yeah, like he just happened to be perfectly situated. I'm like, dude, you are throwing me off so hard right now. <laughs> so good. Mike, I think you're going to be the the host next time. Do you already know what top five list do you want? You, you're planning oh, on? Geez. Do you want to tease it? Uh, if not, no no pressure. But I just didn't know if you want to give him a little tease. You know, I uh, I do not. I can say like four or five things, and we can figure out amongst ourselves which one of those we like, and then you can just put that one in in post if you want. No, nah, let's just give them four or five things, and we'll see. It could be something different. Let's, they have to listen All right. and find out. Yeah, there, there we go. Um, let's see. So we don't want to we don't want to overdo it with video games right away and just do video games all the time. So let's go with um, 
first-person shooters, top five NFL plays of all time. Oh, and wow. let's Okay. And let's go with uh, overrated movies. Pulp Fiction, number one. It's Star Wars, but um, we can debate that later. <laughs> That's gonna be pretty divisive. Wizards with swords. Oh yeah, that would. We should save that one for uh, till we have like seven or eight subscribers. We don't wanna. We don't wanna waste that episode too early. Yeah, for our, our ninth subscriber <laughs> special episode. Our, our, our nine sub special. Yep. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, be sure to follow us along and whatever you get your podcasts. Is. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to hit like and subscribe. Leave us a comment, too, if you want to ask us a question that we can read off next time or just want to tell us why Pulp Fiction is, in fact, the most overrated movie ever. We'd be happy to hear it, unless your name is Lucian. It's Star Wars, <laughs> and uh, also feel free to throw your own top five ideas in the comments. Yes, please, and feel free to leave reviews. Uh, we'll, we'll read off any reviews that you guys get. Unless they're hurtful. I don't want to hear it. That's true. I, I, won't, <laughs> I won't. We won't take any slander here. I'll take slander. Have you guys right. talked about... <laughs> this smart guy wants to kick kids off zip lines. <laughs> One star. Alright All right, guys. Thanks for listening. It's been real. Thanks Peace. for listening. Peace out.